What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Watch from Mercury. This is a Mobile Suit Gundam watch-along podcast, and we are back and ready to rock with Season 2 of Witch from Mercury. Yay! <laughs> I am your host, Maxim. And I'm your host, Alex. And you, could you hear how relieved Maxim was to finally say this is a Witch from Mercury watch-along podcast? <laughs> it's like, okay, this feels right again. Yeah, it's uh when the title when the title of the show lines up with what we're actually watching, very nice. Yeah. Um <laughs> it feels good. Feels right. It feels so good. Uh and if you're joining us for the first time, I just want to let you guys know that we now have a Patreon. Um Yeah, if you're joining us for the first time, we always had a Patreon. <laughs> but we have a patreon now guys it's uh patreon.com slash watch from mercury we got bonus episodes up there where we review gundam movies we review one movie a month and you get to support us creators that make a thing that you're listening to right now and hopefully enjoying and you so, get to say you know when we don't know what movie to watch you do get a say of what we you can guide us to what you want to wa- us to watch we are open to yes. suggestion Throw us suggestions. We'll take a poll every so often to see what you guys, what what's the vibe with you guys. Um, in other news, uh, we do accept listener mail. All the listener mail for this episode is going to be at the end because we had a couple of people write in about the episode we're reviewing. So we're going to review the episode first, then do the listener mail. But if you got anything to say, if you guys caught anything we missed, anything you want to say to us, anything in the story, your predictions, Anything you got, send it to watchformercury at gmail.com. Keep it to a reasonable-ish length. Um, when we read the ones at the end of the episode, you're going to find out that one of our friends does not keep it to a reasonable length, but he's the only one who gets to do that. Um, <laughs> yeah, and you'll know the new listeners by who doesn't call us cucks. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. is the sign uh, of newbies. They don't know the drill. And also, with that being said, I forgot to shout out our newest patron. Uh, thank you, Fergal, for finally subscribing. Uh, regular listener writing in. Uh, we're very happy to have you on our on our patron roster. So shout out to Fergal um, and shout out to the country of Ireland because uh, that's where he's oh, from. And, <laughs> and Fergal, I listened to a little bit of that War of the Worlds album and I actually thought it was pretty good. <laughs> he did. He I went on like a little bit it. of a... Yeah, I went on a little bit of a rock opera binge because I had a long trip to Massachusetts. And uh, <laughs> it was very much my speed, just like just insane electric light orchestra stuff. I was into it. <laughs> awesome. So, guys, patreon.com slash watchformercury and hit us up at watchformercury at gmail.com if you got any, any listener mail you want to send in, whatever it may be. Um, also, if you enjoy this episode or this podcast, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Give us a good rating and put some words in it. That helps, too. Um, yes, five stars, and, uh, please. Five stars, please. Thank you. <laughs> um, none of this three and a half shit. You know what yeah, we want. <laughs> none of this three and a half shit. But without <laughs> further ado, uh, done with the three minutes of opening and advertising. Spoilers for all of season one, Watch Witch for Mercury, and of course, episode 13, season two, episode one, or just, just episode 13, whatever. And spoilers for other things we've talked about in this podcast, which was Zero Eight MS Team. I don't know if it'll come up, but whatever. It's been out for 20 years, so you had time to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> and also, if you get that last episode, the finale of House, because I went on the a finale. little bit of a... I had a little bit of a moment <laughs> where I yeah. kind of couldn't let it go. 
Yeah. Uh, so spoilers, the finale from House. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this week we are reviewing, we have a very exciting episode because it is the first episode after a three-month wait. Episode 13, Envoys from Earth, or from the Earth. Uh, Alex, what was your vibe this episode? What'd you think? This episode really knew how to say, hey, you know how you've been waiting three months? Here's seven fights in a row. Did you miss us? Yeah. We know you did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, we, we I, know you don't want plot right away. We'll give you fucking seven fights. <laughs> and I was like, very happy. And then all the drama and intrigue was really cool too. But like, just just the amount of action that they served up right away, just as like a, just as a reintroduction. Ah, chef's kiss. So good. And even... Even with the multiple fights back to back to back, I don't even I don't even care about the fights that much. I themselves, I just want the bah, 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 the cool laser sounds, mm-hmm. the beam sounds in this one. <laughs> yep. And they also they snuck in like little we'll get to it as we go along. They snuck in very clever little bits of exposition to just catch you up, like you know how she refers to the Gundam pieces as everyone. She does it in one of those fights, and they say the holder has to do these things. Like they, they, they reset the table kind of nicely in these action sequences. Yeah, they they definitely did. I appreciate that because uh, we all know what happens when you know when you're watching a show and then it ends, and then the next season comes yeah. out a year later, and you're like, wait who are these people? What's going yeah. on? <laughs> and to be honest, I still, ha- I had that a little bit because we got a bunch of new characters at the end. So I was a little bit like, Oh, okay. That's who you are. Okay. I got that. Okay. You were doing that. Got So it, it took me a little bit to get back up to speed, but the show I think also knows how much it has going on. So it, it did it as carefully as possible. Yeah, it was good. I'm honestly, one day I'm concerned that George R. R. Martin will actually finish Winds of Winter because I'll buy it and I'll open the first chapter and I'll be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what is all this again? <laughs> anyway, the episode starts with uh, Elon 5 uh, narrating. Um, basically, Saleta has to do a serial duel is what they call it. Uh, she has to battle a bunch of people in a row. If anyone beats her, then they have to battle all the people after her. Uh, essentially, what's happening is while she was away, so this episode takes two week takes place two weeks after the finale of last season. And during that time, Saleta received five challenges for Holder, and now she has to go and beat everybody. Um, let's see. We've seen Elon 5 in the Dueling Committee Lounge being all dramatic and loud and not at all like Elon 4, which is fun. <laughs> he was he was so noticeably less emo that even the characters figure it out a little bit. I know, right? Honestly, if I like think back to high school, if someone had this big of a personality change, I'd be like, Oh yeah, they they are on drugs. <laughs> yes. Either they're on drugs or they face swapped with a poor kid. Yeah. <laughs> At the behest of a shadowy corporation. So we see in the dueling lounge um Felsi of Jeturk House and Renee of Grassley Houses. They're just bickering in the in the dueling lounge about some shit, blah blah blah. Cecilia calls them fangirls and tells them to shut up. At which point, Elon 5 tells Cecilia to not be rude. Uh, Roji points out that Elon has changed, and Cecilia goes, yeah, 
He seems like a totally different person. <laughs> <laughs> Which Who is great. Thunk? So the duels begin. Uh, Soleta launches in the fancy new aerial. Uh, as she's launching, we see the Earth House students kind of preparing. Nika seems distracted, which is going to be a Chekhov's Gundam for later. Soleta, absolute, like, in a nutshell, these battles are fun and they're short and they're one after another. Good action. Soleta rips everybody apart so easily. Um, I did, I do, my notes say this is a perfect way to kick off a season. Give you the thing you like right away. Get some small doses before you set up the plot going forward. Um, and also, I really like all the mobile suits were kind of so-so, but I really like the forearm, like General Grievous one that she fights. It's kind of a cool. Design. I am a, I'm weirdly a sucker for robots that have like the Goro or General Grievous arms. I don't know why. I think it's cool every time. So sick. A trope I hope never, never, ever, ever goes away. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um. In the dueling committee lounge, uh, Haro explains that the holder must accept a duel once every two weeks if there are existing challenges, which I thought is hilarious that this little robot is like, hey, everybody that knows exactly how this works. What if I just start talking about what's going on here? It's like if you had a a trash can that just wouldn't stop reading Wikipedia at you, just like, shut up, (laughs) shut up, Haro. We know how this works. We also live in this world. It'd be like if my G-O-O-G-L-E-H-O-M-E started being like, you are recording a podcast. A podcast where you review Mobile Suit Gundam, which for Mercury. <laughs> Basically. I'm not going to say it because I don't want the audio to interrupt this. But uh, anyway, so Haro starts uh, narrating exactly what's happening. Soleta is determined not to lose before Miorina's 17th birthday. And she absolutely slays her last opponent. Uh, Roji in the Dueling Lounge points out that Ariel now su- surpasses any other Benaret group mobile suit. Someone in the room asks Elon if he plans to challenge Soleta again, and he just says, uh, it's up to company policy. And, uh, of course, Soleta is very proud that she won all of the duels. Um, then we get the new intro music, new theme song, um, which was... A lot more mellow, kind of more somber than last season. Yeah, I like it, but I like the last one better. I did think it I was like a the good last song. one better. Yeah, yeah. but like I, it was by no means a bad intro. It just wasn't. If I had to compare them, I'd say I like the uh, the enthusiasm of the first one a bit more. I I agree with you. It's uh, I don't know. The, the first one has that, like, high energy, that, like, fight energy that I like, you know? It's like yeah. the Attack on Titan theme song, where it's like, oh, you know exactly what this is. It's exciting. Mm-hmm. I don't know. The only thing that stands out to me in the intro and in the actual sequence is we see Guel being sad. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> of course he's sad. He killed his dad. Spoiler, last season. <laughs> yeah. He did the classic Gundam kill your girlfriend, but the girlfriend was his dad. So, yeah, it was a hard Actually, day for him. Camille kills his mom in space in Zeta Gundam. Okay, kind there of is similar there. Yeah. Um. So the episode starts again. Uh, at school, the Earth House is hanging out. All the students are hanging out near the training grounds. Aaliyah tells Soleta that their school will be doing open campus for three days, and she's like, "What is that?" And she explains that prospective students will vis- visit the school and partake in activities. Did you, Did you have Shadow Day at your schools growing up? I I don't think we did, although I do remember there being 
I, I think there was something like that when I went to college. So I can't remember if it was students who had signed, who were already going to go and they were just doing like a preemptive orientation or if it was like hang around and show up uh, and, and shadow. But I remember there being something like that in my college, not so much in my grade school. How about you? Oh, okay. Yeah. My, am I, am I, both my high school and my middle school, we had this. So there would be like a day every year, like usually usually towards the end of the year, where the the students from the incoming class would come just for like a like a just like a day usually. Nothing like this. No like three day overnight thing or whatever. Yeah. But we'd all have to be on our best behavior and <laughs> Which is hard <laughs> at the like, end of a year because you're you're starting to come unglued. Yeah. Also, it's crazy being a, a senior in high school and having uh, eighth graders walk around and being like, oh, my God, I was so tiny and oddly shaped not but four years ago. <laughs> you don't know what's in store for you, kid. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, anyway, so they're having Shadow Day. They're having uh, open campus. Uh, Aaliyah says it'll be a lot like a festival. because Students are going to visit. There's going to be activities. Saleta is excited, of course. Um, Choo Choo uh, kind of growls and that she's pissed off at the other students that they're having fun, quote, in total ignorance. Um, Choo Choo has big communist Twitter energy. It's just like, you fuckers have no idea what's happening to you every day. We need to tell everyone. <laughs> yeah, I I feel I feel bad saying this, but Choo Choo kind of has the catcher and the rye thing going on. The Choo She really does. Is- what yeah. do you, what do we think phony is in Japanese? <laughs> because it should be using Kusa. it. Kusa. Kusa. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. She we love her. She's definitely like becoming more and more like, okay, you're the cynic. You're just always the the realist cynic, yeah. which is fine. I th- I think that scene, you know, in the early on that they did, where we just saw a little bit of Choo Choo's, whether they were her work family or her biological family i don't remember if they spelled it out that went a long way in just making literally everything she does tolerable because in a lot of ways she's a one note character but because you mm-hmm. they gave her a little bit of humanization she doesn't you know where it's coming from because but like i, I want a little more of that because it's gonna start being like you said she's she is kind of just reflexively grouchy in a way that it's gonna wear thin again if they don't uh do some more heartfelt. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I hope we she's overdue for a little bit more development, I think. Yes. Like holy like the characters like Martin or Aaliyah or Lilic, like these ones are like fine as like side kind of characters we don't get a lot. But like Choo Choo, we very directly spent like almost an episode kind of figuring out what she what she's about. So yeah. we need more, but and she's also the kind of avatar of the Earthian plight. So mm-hmm. anything they do to develop her, they are developing in essence another chunk of the world by yeah, just exactly doing things with her. So because we still barely know what Earth is like, like just yeah. barely. Um, yeah. so Choo Choo's p- pissed off that people are having fun. Quote in total ignorance. Martin says it's not their fault that they don't know. Um, the other guy who i completely forgot his name but with the white hair says that the media is portraying what happened at planet queso as an accident and yes i'll be calling it planet queso um <laughs> welcome new uh, listeners we just we just rename things to our as we see fit and yeah plant quetta no 
we decided it was Planet Queso early yeah, on. Yeah, Planet Queso. Uh, yeah. Nuno mentions that if you talk about the incident at school, you're going to be expelled. And Chuchu is, of course, all worked up about it. Um, Ojello and Lilik are sitting on the ground kind of moping. They are clearly traumatized by the whole incident. And my note, I just have uh, that she's like, that was real combat. And I'm like, you go to a school where all you do is prepare for real combat. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, it, it is funny, but I also do see the point in that there are some, what they do is bumper bowling in a lot of ways where it's a lot yeah. of posturing and, and head games, but like people died that day, you know, yeah. but, you, but you are right in that this is supposedly the whole point that they're training for, but it also kind of implies a anything that they're going to face in real life is just that much worse. Or B, maybe the school isn't that good at training them for real war. It might just be all about the honor (laughs) bullshit, where it's only really training them to essentially play a big video game, and then they go to war, and they're all fucked up. But yeah, I I don't know if you know this, Maxim, but war bad. Gundam's been telling us war bad for for a long time. (laughs) I don't know if if you're aware, but... Dude, we're going to be like a hundred episodes into this podcast and we're still going to be like, yeah, war bad. <laughs> war <Yeah>. still bad. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, anyway, speaking of war bad. Um, so they're traumatized by the incident. Uh, Soleta reassures Lilik that everything will be all right. She says she and Ariel will pro- Ariel will pr- protect everyone. At which point, Soleta's, I, I said, pager goes off. <laughs> that's what sounded <laughs> reminded me of. Her beeper goes off. Her uh, Palm Pilot. Yeah, <laughs> her Blackberry goes off. And she just <laughs> says it's time for her to get to the greenhouse. Uh, Soleta leaves. And Ojello is like, wow, she went outside Planet Queso to help Miorina. Most people would freak out, um, which is fair. I don't think it, any of them are prepared for fighting in space, you know, or like yeah. uh, being around a space station like that. Uh, and then we get a brief mention that uh, Nuno kind of mentions, I think, for the plot's sake, that the company business is suspended. So Gundarm Inc. is like temporarily on pause. And my note, I just say, thank God, I honestly don't want more business arc. <laughs> yeah, we don't we don't need Star Wars Trade Federation right now. I'm I'm running high on seven fights. I don't really want. Busy yeah. capital now now we do to be fair one of the things we love about this show is the horrors of dad capitalism but i don't yeah. want it all right away <laughs> right now yeah <laughs> we've also got enough we got enough plot going on that we don't need more more kind of moving pieces right now too i'd be okay with their like little company kind of making little little stops in the plot to like be like, yeah. oh, here's where we're at with this. Here's what the Earth students are doing while other things are happening. And maybe it can be used as some type of resolution mechanic towards the end of the story to tie up loose ends. But yeah. I want I want that death in space, baby. I want those terrorist attacks. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I want those police cracking down on the poor. But also, yeah. <laughs> everyone's got robots. It's like real yeah. life, but it's fun. <laughs> yeah. So, um, at the Benaret group front, where I don't know if you noticed this, but the Crunchyroll subtitles have seemed to grant us the ability to know where we are finally, which... <laughs> they have. 
the Crunchyroll so gods have smiled and given us locales. Blessed be the Crunchies um, for their <laughs> their divine gift to our watch along podcast. <laughs> Blessed be the fruit of our roll. <laughs> so at the Benaret Group front, um, we see Delling is on a ventilator. A doctor mentions that he has a spinal injury. Injury. Mirina watches from a near from nearby, kind of through some glass into his hospital room, and the doctor tells her to rest. And then Mirina says to him, "How long are you going to sleep, lousy father?" Now, if you'll notice, <laughs> what she literally says is "kiso, father, poopy which, father." So she says, "Shit, father, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> lousy." And I, I like, I keep saying. Now that I know that word, it's all I hear whenever they swear. I'm like, why is it translated as different words? It's like, all about why the is it tone. Sometimes, yeah, it's like, why is it sometimes damn and sometimes shit and sometimes lousy? They're just saying everything is shit in Japan. At least yeah. in the cartoons. <laughs> I think yeah. it's actually kind of charming, but I'm curious if it's it's kind of... It's, it's inner workings. Yeah, and I, I one thing I'm hoping for... It would be cool to see because we saw uh, Mirina working with her dad about her company and kind of bonding over finances and business and stuff like that. So I'm hoping this incident maybe brings them closer. Um, yeah. I think there's still a chance for him to die in a fireball. I think that's yeah. my my prediction still stands. And and frankly, if he doesn't, I want part of my Crunchyroll subscription fee back because yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, um, I I still think he might die. There's a chance he might die, and she's got to pretend he's not dead, like and kind of puppet uh, the organization a little bit. But knowing weekend Gundam, it's probably basically weekend at Dellings. <laughs> but knowing Gundam, it's probably going to be much more public than that. But I'm I am kind of hoping that uh, that there might be a little more intrigue involved in their relationship because this dad has set it up that it seems like he can't have a relationship that isn't shadowy. Even with his yeah. own family, he keeps shit from Mirine and the whole thing with her mom. So if there was a way that she could kind of use his tactics, if not against him, like just by necessity, have to keep using them to keep the situation afloat. That'd be really interesting. But also, yeah, also ball of fire. I'm not going to complain <laughs> as long as there's a single tier, single tier, no ball tier of fire. or two tiers. I will say something. One tier. Yeah. Happy. No tears. I'm going right back to you, Hakusho. All right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take this pod, these hot podcast takes where they're appreciated. Exactly. So, um, next up, we are at PL Industries. Shattuck is doing a presentation about the incident at Planet Queso, and he is finally wearing real clothing. Um, <laughs> Can we? T- were you as relieved as I was that he's just not showing chest anymore? He's wearing just a normal shirt. I I literally wrote my notes. So relieved Static stopped showing chest. <laughs> Although seeing him, like one thing I don't like about Shattuck is they. I mean, they perfectly make him a villain because they kind of lure you in with his like aesthetic at first. You're like, oh, this will be like a probably like a chill kind of romantic guy, more laid back than the other students. And then you're like, Oh no, you're like the biggest piece of shit. And like seeing him dressed yeah. up like this, I was like, this is more fitting for the character of what he actually mm-hmm. is, you know? Yeah. They hook you in with the, 
clearly hinting at a past Miarine romance or at least attention there. So you, and then he's kind of got the cool, you know, man bun. And now it's like, oh, I, everyone calling you the prince? I don't like it. I don't like, I don't it. like it. It's creeping like it me bit. out. <laughs> I mean, narratively, should... I like it, but it's creeping me out. <laughs> Real talk, though, it'd be really funny to start calling exactly one comic we know the Prince and just getting everyone yeah. to call them the Prince. <laughs> and never telling them why. Just a giant gaslighting. There you go. I think it's a great nickname. Um, yeah. So he's given a presentation about Planet Queso and the incident. He says it was carried out by Donna Fold, which is an anti-Spacian terrorist group. The old ladies of PL Industry ask him if, the, if it's true that the Don of Fold used Jeturk mobile suits. Um, he confirms and that they have evidence uh, that they used the, the Don of Fold used the Sultor, the Sultors. Um, and then one of the ladies interrupts Shattuck and he goes, we are discussing your culpability. And I thought this was about Shattuck, but it actually pans over to Lauda Neal, who is the new CEO of Jeturk Industries. So they're, they're trying to decide how at fault he is. Um, I also have in my notes that I learned the word culpable today, which is yay, <laughs> yay vocab. <laughs> um, so Shattuck then presents that the he shows some slides on the Lifrith Ur and the Lifrith Thorn, uh, showing them that new gun that they're Gundams, you know. Um, Sarius Zanelli is pretty pissed off about this, and he gives a cool little speech that starts with. The heinous actions of these Earthians have left President Delling near death and robbed us of our comrade Vim Jeturk. They cannot be forgiven. And then he says a whole bunch more words um, while we get a montage of like ships and mobile suits launching towards Earth. I'm not versed well enough on what is what the factions are here. I don't know if these are like Benaret group ships and mobile suits as a whole, or if it's just grassly. Um, the logo on the side of the ship, I couldn't recognize it. I thought it might have been the the Dominicus, is what they're called, I think. Um, but it's not. It didn't match up with the wiki. So I don't know. Bunch of ships headed towards Earth. Stuff is going to blow up. We all know what this is about. Uh so later we see Sarius and Shattuck talking in like a private office. Sarius tells Shattuck, he's like, if the truth gets out, our credibility will be destroyed because no shit. Um, I feel like every faction is having that same conversation because they're all doing shit that could blow up everything. Yeah. And I kind of, I kind of like that. I think normally yeah. like when we were watching the, zero eight ms team right where we discussed a lot the gray area of like both sides like how both sides have pluses and minus and one side is objectively worse but there's like good people on both sides type deal this show what this has done is made it so that there's multiple factions and all of them are gray area with each other in like a corporate structure instead of a legal governmental structure yeah if this makes sense 8th MS team and a lot of Gundam is both sides bad. This is every side bad. It's much more fractured, yeah. and they're all shitty for different reasons that interlock more than just, well, this side did this, but this side did this. It's like, oh, they all have their own schemes. Like, the 
Shattuck's having the talk of like, well, they can't find out that we did the Dawn of Fold, and I'm sure somewhere the old ladies are like, hey, we really got to keep this whole lasering kids in the face thing on the down low, right? Right? <laughs> no leaks on that, please? It, It's really just, it's so good. I just love watching this show, and I, I just can't wait to watch more. It's so good. They knocked it out of the park with this stuff. And it frankly understands business like um, like evil more than a lot of shows even like about corporations yeah. and stuff. It's like this is how ruthless they are just to maintain. They're doing yeah. evil, yep. creatively evil shit. And they're and it's not like, well, there's one part that's dragging it. This isn't a bad apple situation. This they're all fucked up for different reasons, and I'm sure they're all spying on each other. And they the only thing they can really agree on is fuck the poor people on Earth. That's all they can agree on. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh yeah, fuck <laughs> Isn't it great to have a have a great escapist fantasy while we watch this cartoon? <laughs> it's totally I love nothing escaping. like escaping. Actual, actual nightmares that we deal with every day in America. It's it can't be. There's robots in it. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's like, um, it's it's like a commentary on what we're going uh, going through as a society, but just like one to one ratio. So it's like, oh. yeah. It's, it, the, the the layer of fantasy to reality is just get, it's an asymptote it's just shrinking to non-zero yeah the so, robot's anyway. eventually just gonna have a regular gun it's just gonna be a, like a Glock <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be too real yeah right and the, they're all gonna work for the NYPD oh absolutely uh, absolutely <laughs> okay so Ba, 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 where were we um yeah so he's like uh if the truth gets out the, our credibility will just be destroyed and sarius asks shattuck he goes so do you really not know where those gundam gundams came from and shattuck is like i really don't know where they came from i would never lie to you and he definitely <laughs> knows where they came from uh and he definitely which, would lie to you <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Uh, Sarius tells him to stay on campus. He goes, no duels and no company business. He wants this whole thing to cool down a little bit. No um, Chekhov's Gundams. No Chekhov's Gundams, okay? Outside at the at like the spaceport, I'm guessing, of the Benerit group, uh, the Grassley girls are waiting for Shattuck, and they ask about his meeting with his father, uh, he go, he says he's fallen behind in the succession race, <laughs> which is <laughs> so bleak. Um, they ask him what what's what's next, what's next in the plan, and he says that he's going to um, drag his father into like whatever his plan is. And then one of the girls goes, "Is that why you've summoned those two? We don't know who those two are yet in this point of the ep- point of the episode, but." My note here was the light bulb clicked in my brain that Shattuck is the Char clone. The I think the yeah. Prospera mask, that's like yeah. a red herring. And I know we don't have to technically have a one-to-one Char clone, but realizing yeah. that Shattuck is going to throw literally anyone under the bus, even his own father, for his own thing, like... yeah. This is like this is like when uh, Char spoiler 
uh, old, old Gundam, when Char uh, sets up Garma to, to be killed and like kind of corners him and he goes, blame this on the misfortune of your birth. <laughs> that's, yeah, yeah. That's what I get from uh, Shattuck a lot. Shattuck, he's like handsome, Shattuck he's is charismatic. Gonna... He's, a he's gonna open he's gonna open his shirt up again and his chest just has a mask yeah <laughs> he's his he's he has he has a zeon uniform tattooed on him <laughs> yeah, yeah and i think that's so, i was honestly i was getting that vibe too and i think it is um it you know i think red herring it could be it could also just be look how evil you have to be to to keep up with everything that essentially everyone's doing some char shit. But the fact that he has a faction gave me very much Zex Marquis vibes, which is mm. very much char clone vibes, which is that could be a big signal that, you know, maybe he is the big bad or at least going to do some big bad things. I think he's the ultimate big bad. I think he's the final boss big bad. I think also yeah. something that this series is going to be touching on is kind of these like powerful these the children of these powerful capitalists inheriting the like the essentially like war machines that their parents built like we have Loud and Neil stepping up to take over Vim Jeturk um Shattuck is going to t- try to take over from his father and like they're they're teenagers and they're going to be controlling the most powerful corporations in this universe with yeah. all the weapons. So I don't know. We'll see how it develops, but yeah. it and used to I be... Think about it, I, I think that there's... Knowing the fact that this show will do really fucked up stuff, but I think it has more of an earnest heart than um, than a lot of shows that deal with this, these types of themes. Mm-hmm. I feel like... So let his mom has done some messed up stuff, but if you really look at it, it's not nothing has been so terrible as of yet. She's been more just sort of slimy and manipulative. So there's room there for a face turn again, because yeah. I don't think she's done anything unforgivable. She's just been kind of um, kind of cold, you know, and and uh, willing to you to play mind chess. But Shattuck has actually taken lives. Yeah. Yes. Yep. So I, I, I I'm with new you theory. That. Shattuck. New Shattuck theory. is the is Char. He is, and he's going to drop his colony all over his daddy. Um, I'm tr- okay. <laughs> I'm trying really so, hard not to say Shardick, but just it's Shardick. out now. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, when, he, when he poops his pants, um, we will call him Shardick. <laughs> yes. yes. Okay. So next scene, we're at the greenhouse. Soleta is watering the tomatoes. Um, she is on the phone with her mother, Prospera. She, uh, Prospera explains that Miorina will be questioned for a while longer as a person of interest, so Saleta won't be able to speak to her. Uh, Saleta asks if she think, thinks Miorina's been reading her emails, at which point uh, her mom says, is the incident at the plant still bothering you? And Saleta goes, oh, how did you know? And I just want <laughs> it's My note says, I don't know, you killed someone for the first time. That seems to stick with you. Like, (laughs) Remember when you squooshed that mechanic? I'm pretty sure everyone remembers. Her mother goes, I'm your mother, I just know. And I'm like, this is an obvious one. (laughs) (laughs) When when your daughter takes a human life, it's just mother's intuition that it might still be bugging her. 
literally if anyone in my life killed someone in a space battle like this i would just assume for the next two years they'd be fucked up about it i'd be like anytime they're they're staring off into the distance i'd be like oh yeah they're replaying that moment (laughs) yeah oh alex Um, took a beat between those two jokes i wonder oh he's thinking about those people he murdered with his giant robot yeah that'll do it that'll do it like ketchup in his fingers (laughs) (laughs) i actually i i do have a note about i like the fact that they have played the angle that Suleta has regret because we really played up in the finale the she has been weaponized, she took a life and was like, okay, we're all good right now. And you and I were kind of like, okay, has she been brainwashed? Did he, she have a Manchurian candidate thing in her head? Is it just the adrenaline? And they have played the angle that it really was just the adrenaline and she's now kind of fucked up about it. And I think that's more yeah. interesting than just she's either too dumb to know what that's really that big a deal, which they could have done if it was Porter writing or mama, you know, click the button in her brain leading to the, you know, all those clone fan theories that we have. It's just, it was the moment she did what she had to do. And she just, it didn't read on her face. The come down of it until now, I think is good. And it makes yeah. you like her again, because for a moment we were like, Oh, is, yeah. is Suleta sure? <laughs> but she's not. She just, you know, just really cares about her friend and saw someone trying to yeah. hurt her. So I think I I wish she was a little more traumatized. I think if we had a couple episodes where Saleta was just like holed up in her room, just being sad, I think I would be totally fine with that. But she's yeah. she at least has some remorse. Um, she mentions to her mother she wishes there she she wonders if there was a better way to do things than to squish the guy. And Prospera basically is like, if you and Ariel hadn't come to the rescue, Mirina and Delling would have been killed. And then she says, um, you did the right thing, Soleta. I'm sure she will understand eventually. So even Prospera, she knows that um, Soleta is worried about how Mirina is going to perceive her. Um, they hang up the phone call. Prospera asks Godoy if he, if he found, quote unquote, their source. And he says no. Um, so, uh, Prospera puts her mask on. I'm guessing th- their source was about the Gundams, the other Gundams from Earth. Yeah. That's what I'm speculating. Um, mm-hmm. Later at the Earth House hangar, Nika is moping at Ariel's feet. She's kind of just, she'd be moping. There's a lot of mope in this episode. Saleta uh, approaches, gives Nika a jump scare. Uh, Saleta basically came to chat with Ariel for some life advice. Nika does not even question this for a moment. Um, but she does say that too much has happened recently. She's kind of spaced out and deep in thought. Saleta asks Nika if she's all right. And she tells that she tells Nika that she is a precious friend of hers. Uh, Nika tells her that she could never done what Saleta did at Planet Queso, like going outside the space station and saving Mirina and all this. Um, Sleta tells her that she couldn't couldn't stop shaking, quote, quote, but then my mom was with me. And then she explains their relationship. And she goes, she always helps me move forward like a gentle magician. And my note oh. is gentle magician in all caps. I'm like, what a weird way to say manipulative. <laughs> yeah, what a weird way to say gaslighting. You know, the yeah. <laughs> gentle magician that just goads you into murdering other people for their revenge plot. Um, yeah, oh I do my God. Like, I, do, I do really like the fact that Saleta reminds everyone, whenever anyone compliments her on anything she does, particularly 
uh, at the Planet Queso stuff. She's like, well, you have to understand, as I was freaking out the whole time, I just did what I had to do. They've made a specific yeah. choice to not, like, Goku-eyes her, where she's just good at everything and not scared. She was terrified yeah. the whole time. She just pulled it off. And the fact that she... Uh, I think it's also very in line with the character they have set up that she ha- she is compelled to tell you that so that you won't feel bad about yourself in comparison. It's very endearing. Yeah. It's very it's very nice of her. Um she's the gentle gentlest magician. magician. She is the gentlest magician. Uh Slutter t- tells her the motto, move forward, gain two, run away, move back, gain one, whatever. Uh they have their little talk, but then from the hangar door, someone calls to them. And it is Noria and Sophie in school uniforms. I did not expect this at all from this episode. Um, Sophie runs up and hugs Saletta and calls her big sis. Saletta has no idea who she is. And Sophie says she came to meet her. Uh, at the Earth House later, Sophie and Nora, Noria were sent to join the Earth House. They're hanging out at the table with the other students. Elon five is there and he goes, Oh, it's odd for you guys to transfer mid turn. And, uh, Choo Choo says, don't talk so freely. Like you're one of us. Martin welcomes them because they're earthian. Plus they've already moved their stuff in is what he says. And there's a bunch of stuffed animals (laughs) who have not been cleaned in 20 years. They're real grody. One thing that I was not sure... Yeah, they're gross. Uh, one thing I was not sure about here is if they're there for the open campus days because he mentions they transferred in. So I think... I don't think they're there for open campus. I think they just literally transferred. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I took of, it as sort of... They're there... They, they, they transferred in at that point to take advantage of the fact that it's essentially orientation. But yeah, you're, you're right. right. They, may be, they may be a little different than the other ones. But it's an excuse to have them a reason a mon- to give them a montage to walk around. So I'm not right. And uh, so Sophie explains what what the stuffed animals are to Lilik. Uh, she says that they're her family, and she would have brought more, but Noria stopped her. Uh, she then says she had no interest in going to school, but she came to the school to be friends with Saletta. Saletta is like, "How do you know about me?" And then Lilik goes, "Was it the PR video?" And Sophie says, "I guess that's it." So teach me all you know, big sister. And Saletta is, of course, dutifully flattered. Um, yeah. So later at night, um, this is one of my favorite unexpected scenes. Uh, Nika confronts Noria, and she's like, the corporation that sponsored you doesn't exist. Uh, Noria is like, oh, we're just like you. It's a dum- dummy company set up by the prince. Nika asks her objective, but Noria says a go-between doesn't need to know. <laughs> so Nika says uh, no, she, nobody in Earth House wants to be put in danger. And then Noria pulls a knife on Nika and she says uh, she's like, she's like basically in a nutshell, she's glad that Nika allowed them to pull off the attack on Delling. Nika says she wanted to be a a bridge between Earth and space and, like, foster some peace between them. And Nori is like, that's great. We should both work together to get what we want so no one gets exposed. So we know that the... I thought initially that Nika, Noria, and Sophie were all sisters. That's what I thought at first. Mm -hmm. And that Nika was, like, a long-lost sister. But... 
this conversation kind of sets it up where it's like, oh, Shattuck has been basically sponsoring students with dummy companies to come and be his pawns. So Nika is just like another one of Shattuck's individual pawns. She has no allegiance to Sophie or Noria as well. They're all double agents, except Nika's the only one with double agent anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> She's the only one who can't play it cool. I think it's because everyone else is like really nice to her. She's probably guilty about it. It was interesting that they they said that you like you know, they go you're doing this because you wanted to be a bridge between Earth and space. Like usually when in anything when you have a double agent character, it's just because they want money or power or whatever. She's actually trying to do some good. She just has made a deal with the devil to do it. And you could argue that she is wrong, and she is because this guy's a psycho. Mm-hmm. But it's it's more interesting than just haha fuck you. I got you know a cut of the deal. Yeah, it's she's absolutely. misguidedly actually trying to to help. Yeah, she's trying to make things better. Um, so open campus day at school, we get a little montage of Saleta and Sophie hanging out during all the festivities. Um, we during the after the montage, we get a little scene of Elon asking um, Saleta to spend a day together, and before she can reply, Sophie drags her away. Um, at which point Noria bumps into Elon and she's and she says to him, What an inspiring campus you have. Clean, well circulated air, a sky of vivid blue, lush vegetation, cheering cheerful, smiling faces. It makes me sick. And as she's explaining this, <laughs> she's drawing like scenes of like dead things and desolation on Earth. Move over, emo superstar. Your title has been challenged. <laughs> You've Watch been dethroned. You have yeah, been it's... dethroned, Elon. You're no longer most emo person on this show. And if you say yeah, you right. are, she will pull a knife. So <laughs> Elon Four does not even does not even come close to the level of edge lord that Noria is. <laughs> she walks in a room, Joy Division starts playing. <laughs> um she walks away and then Elon 5 goes we'll get along well uh which is <laughs> but you one, like Tim Burton It's like what is she, what is she doing you bump into a random student it's your first day at school you're saying something like that I don't know Whatever freshman year of high school is weird <laughs> Yeah especially when you're uh, delivering exposition <laughs> Right <laughs> Um, so back at the Earth House, Nika is alone in a dark room. We see her using some type of communication briefcase device, which fails to connect. She closes it and she leaves the room. She goes outside and bumps into Martin. He confronts her. He's like, you saved everyone at Planet Queso, uh, but I'm responsible for everyone's safety as head of the Earth House. So if you're hiding something, you need to tell me. And then she starts walking away and she goes, oh, it's nothing. I just sent a desperate SOS. And this is regarding her sending, using the light to flash to the Sophie and Noria that she is one of, like, allied with the prince or whatever from the Earth House ship and Nor- Martin walking in on her. He's still skeptical of her. Uh, back at Open Campus, Ojello is setting up what I have dubbed the Gund Legs. Uh, and the Earth House students are like, we don't do, why do we need a booth and all this? And he's like, oh, it'd be great opportunity to promote and make some money and blah, 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 blah. Uh, so they're hanging out outside the sun of these legs. It's sunset. 
in a place where I don't even know how you would fake a sunset, but they do. Uh, the Jeter girls approach the Earth House students and they inform, they're like, oh, you're hanging out? Well, aren't you getting ready for tomorrow's rumble ring? Uh, <laughs> which you know exactly what it is as soon as they say it. But uh, basically they're like, this should have been a chance for a ghoul to show off. And they talk some shit to the Earth House students and leave. Soletta asks what the rumble ring is, and it's just a battle royale on the last day of open campus. The holder has to participate, and Soletta had no idea this was taking place. Ojello tells her to have Nika show her the video from last year. And then Chuchu is like, oh, Nika is missing. And then Aliyah also notices that the transfer students are missing as well. So I think this upcoming rumble ring battle. I don't think uh, I don't think Soleta is going to lose, but I think it'll be another Soleta almost loses because the stakes are not real. Yeah, yeah, and I what I've noticed in this episode is that there's a lot of red tape involved in being the holder. Like you have to fight anyone who challenges you, and there's a a, a minimum of two weeks between fights. But if it's any shorter than that, you're not allowed to do any shorter than that, and you have to do raw raw. Like there's so much like pageantry involved in this in having this position that it's it's impressive she's held on to it this long and also just it makes you feel like this is exhausting to have this title oh my god yeah it's <clears throat> definitely exhausting <laughs> yeah. it's very medieval it's very like yeah. old-timey like i don't know the the whole premise if you think about a society in the future that is doing stuff like this if anyone set up these rules like this, people would be like, what the hell are you doing? Like, imagine going to the most high-tech, expensive school of all time. And like, by the way, if you beat up the biggest guys he guy here, you get to marry the owner's daughter. <laughs> <laughs> Even by today's standards, that's ludicrous. Um, <laughs> mm -hmm. But if you think too hard, the show falls apart. So we're not thinking that hard. Yeah. Um, I just try to remember so, that this is all stuff that happened in real life. It's almost like, well, this is this is not that off brand for humanity. We did <laughs> two hundred years ago. We were doing kind of shit like this all the time. We just didn't have Gundams, so right. We'll we'll find a way. <laughs> this is exactly how stand up comedy works, by the way, for the listeners here. Oh, yeah. You just if you're funnier than the funniest guy in the room, then you've uh, won, and you get to marry his girlfriend um <laughs> and if you don't have a roast battle once every two weeks you can be stripped of your titles so on the our next scene we're on the earth house ship um not the hangar but the hangar upon the ship that the earth house students own uh we see noria and sophie breaking into the gundam fair act um noria is in the cockpit they're investigating the fair act and noria explains that it's from a different lineage than the lifrith ur and lifrith thorn so they want to find out what's good and they maybe even destroy it uh noria finds that the fair act's gun format is protected and she can't get in at which point nika shows up and she tells them to leave the fair act alone and to leave the school and nika threatens to expose their fake companies and fake endorsements um, at which point Sophie throws a helmet at Nika, jumps like 40 or 50 feet off the scaffolding, uh, and then kicks Nika in the head <laughs> and so then smashes good. her phone. <laughs> it's so good. 
it's such an insane distance. I'm like, I know this is supposed to be like low gravity, but this is so extra. (laughs) There is a, there is a point when a stunt is so sick that you're like, fuck physics. I don't care. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So she stops on the phone. Uh, Noria turns on the fair act and begins walking towards uh, Nika. She like completely bends the walkway and like breaks out of the harnesses. Uh, She goes, however hard you try, you can't change things on earth by yourself. And yet you cling to the, the, and yet you still cling to those lofty dreams. You're making light of reality. And my note is, what 14-year-old talks like this? Um, <laughs> True. The most emo of all emos. The most seem. emo. Uh, Noria lifts the Ferax foot to step on Nika. And then she says, you must have realized that an Earthian orphan like us couldn't just go to school without paying us back. So that's very telling. So clearly, they're all orphans. And they're, they have this debt to Shattuck and the Zanellis probably who are enlisting them in some shady stuff in exchange for an education, whatever. Yeah. Uh, Saleta then zooms in on a scooter and Suleta's saves in the drift. Zanika. She drifts so hard. <laughs> it's so, it's so awesome. It's uh, it was so cool. I was like, this is a fast and furious type of moment right here. <laughs> <It is. laughs> Uh, so who I forgot? Uh, I think it was Noria who says the go-between may. Oh no, Sophie who goes the go-between may have blabbed about our secrets, which means we should get rid of these two right now. The Ferrak charges the gun, the guns on its head, and as it's charging, Soleta challenges them to a duel. Noria goes, "Are you stupid? Um, we have no reason to agree." And then Saleta tells them that as long as they're students at the school, they have to follow the school rules. Um, which is crazy to me because this is telling a school school shooter, "Hey, there are no guns allowed here." That's what that is. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna have a talk about this, maybe with a counselor. Yeah. <laughs> and she this, also basically she... just threatened to like, there's no shooting at the school school shooter. We will do an organized thing where we shoot at each other. This, yeah. She turned the school this... shooting and in, literally into a duel. Let's it's... Yeah. This even the character was like, We have no reason to agree to this. And even the reason she gives is like really shaky. It's like they don't yeah. have to be students here. They can just keep being terrorists in space. Yeah. You know? Well, it kind of, I mean, it is interesting that they clearly they're they made this deal with Shattuck because they want an education because they want a chance to get off Earth. If they want, if they really want that, they do have to play ball because they can't blow their cover so they can get their education so they can get off of Earth. But you're you're right, it is shaky. But I do actually kind of see how their hands are a little bit tied here. Okay, that makes sense. I'll give you that one. I get that. Um. Sophie laughs at her because nobody dies in the school duels, and she's like, mobile suits are for killing people. Uh, Soleta says that they will one day use Gundams to save lives through medicine, and Sophie just agrees to the duel, and she goes, we'll show Big Sis that Gundams are machines made for violence. And then we get the the outro. The world is a vampire. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think um, 
also the the outro music starts with the most abysmal note ever where i'm like oh <laughs> the episode ended and i was like oh <laughs> yeah i uh i really it, i it took a second for me to get into the new ending song but i really got into it i i mm. like it. it it does again it takes that mellow tack but i think it builds in a way that i i felt like it it worked a little bit more than the opening yeah yeah Okay. So I really got into it. I like the outro art sequence better than the intro. Like the visual sequence better. I like the intro song too. a bit more. But Okay. Anyway, we get the post credit scene where we see Prospera approaching Mirina. Mirina asks what she was thinking, making Soleta do something like that. And Prospera's like, uh Mirina or sorry, Prospera's like, Soleta saved you and your father. And then by doing what she did and then Mirina does the surprised Pikachu face she goes <gasps> <laughs> um, what and then Prospera says I'm sure Soleta was desperate I can't deny that she went too far but won't you be friends with her again after all this questioning and uh, Mirina seems to consider it and Prospera is like I came here for a favor she hands Mirina a phone device that says quiet zero on the screen and she says Quiet Zero was Delling's secret project to use the gun format's network to make a world without war. And then she asks Mirina to take over Quiet Zero. And, and then the episode's like actually over. Shaft. <laughs> yeah, we get, a shot, we get a shot of Planet Queso's mineshaft. <laughs> yeah. I'm, so, I'm, I, they use just vague enough language that's like what Quiet Zero could be anything. I am leaning just from the way they described it that it might be some kind of I think we were talking about it being like an AI a la Wing Zero, but maybe mm. a bit different. But you know, when I hear make a world without war with the gun format, I'm like, are they gonna like infect all the mobile suits with this software? What it could be it could be anything. They might not have even written right. it yet. I would I would like to think they have, but it's so vague they're they're really hedging. Yeah, we're not we're not, not really sure way. what's up here. I think I'm excited to find out what it is. I think we got a lot of factors here to play with going forward. I'm st still kind of in the camp that the Quiet Zero is just going to be some stupid mobile armor that's going to be ruled by force style. <laughs> oh, it's it's going to be the Opsilus, but like shinier and rounder. Exactly. It's, it's, the, it's the Opsilus, but we took off the stupid jellyfish legs. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever, whatever it is, it is clearly the end game of um, of uh, Prospera's plan. Whatever yeah. it is, she wouldn't care this much if it wasn't how she's going to get back at at Delling. Yes. Yep. That's it, and that's the episode. But before we get out of here, we got we got our listener mail to read. Remember, uh, watchformercury at gmail dot com. Send in whatever you got. And patreon.com slash watchfrommercury to get extra bonus content and comment on stuff. But right now, listener mail, watchfrommercury at gmail.com. All right. So first up, we have an email from Mike. Uh, subject, this, this episode should have been called Vampire from Earth. <laughs> yeah. Uh, nailed it. Um, hey, guys. Happy Witch from Mercury season premiere. I was quite surprised to see Sophie and not Camille, whose name I can't remember for some reason, show up at the school. 
but it was a good pick-me-up for an episode that kind of started rough for me with the reset to the status quo. Normally, I don't mind the whole character with fangs thing, but around at, but at around the middle of the episode, Sophie's fangs got so huge, it looked like she would start flying around and sucking people's blood out of their necks at any moment. The world Since truly the sh- is a vampire. The world is a vampire. Uh, <laughs> since this show's lead writer worked on Valve Rave, I don't know what that is, which did have vampire characters, it would have been totally on brand. Not sure if the Earth Witches even needed to steal the Fair Act for whatever it is they wanted, but their whole let's murder, N- murder Nika and guarantee an investigation that might reveal Shattuck's involvement in all this thing is a good example of why teenagers are not good covert operatives. <laughs> nope. Nope. After the, po- after the post-credits scene with Mirina and Prospera, I'm hoping that Quiet Zero isn't just Spectra from Hi-Fi Rush played straight. In that game, cybernetic implants had a backdoor in them that allowed the evil corporate bosses to mind control people, which was going to make going to be used to make them buy product, regardless of quality. Since this is Gundam, if this is what Quiet Zero is about, then it's going to be brainwashing people to not be racist or whatever, which is boring. However, I, f- I can forgive this if the writers use it to lean all the way into their character color coding. Give Mirina a sick blue suit, slick back her hair, and have her talk about power and being motivated. And she'll be Virgil from Devil May Cry as fuck. We've already had a red-themed wacky woohoo tanuki, so all the ingredients for an absurd Gundam boss battle are there. Looking forward to next week's fight, Mike. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate you writing in. What are your thoughts, Alex? I I think that actually, of what Quiet Zero might be, I hate to say it, that might actually be it because it would dovetail perfectly with the fact that Mirina's company is going to continue the Gundam uh, parts as prosthetic limbs. This could be AI that infects prosthetic limbs and manipulates people to do with whatever the, the holder wants. Because otherwise, oh. these, these two plot points are so, uh, you know, they're 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 careening at each other. They're specifically setting up Miarine and Prospera getting closer and closer together. And they wouldn't have set these characters up with these two very uh specific goals if they weren't going to 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 join at some point. I think this might actually have some hold some water, this theory. That they that this it's is, going to be connected with what gun what they're trying to do with Gundam and what Prospera is going to manipulate them into accidentally doing with Gundam or maybe even I, convincing them to do with it. I don't know, but I love I actually really like this theory that like the Quiet Zero is just accessing all of the gun format backdoor to be in control yeah. of it, and then the stakes become absurdly high because you can either be the villain who gets a hold of Quiet Zero and does unspeakable evil with it or you can use it to essentially like neutralize any type of violent like uprisings or like stuff like that like you know even like shutting off gundams permanently so there's definitely a lot to gain here a lot to lose but i like that i like that as an idea Okay. Uh, thanks again for writing in, Mike. We appreciate your listenership, and I appreciate your concise emails. And our next, <laughs> our next piece of listener mail. I want all the people knowing right now. If you this is your first episode back in a long time, uh, watch for Mercury at gmail.com. Write us in. 
Uh, if you write an email this long, you better be a patron. All right. <laughs> <laughs> we will start charging by the paragraph. <laughs> we will charge by the paragraph. But this is from our friend Fergal. Uh, subject line, you bastards now have my money. <laughs> gotcha. Um, hello again. Since I'm in my last month of college and I'll soon be back to working at the family pub, I figured I'd subscribe to the Patreon. Patreon. If you are, if you two are cucks, then what does that make the man giving you his hard-earned euros? <laughs> oh wow! It's like a, it's cucks all the way down. Yeah. <laughs> all right, I'm skipping the next paragraph because it's about zero eight MS team. Um, sorry, Fergal, but it's a long email. Anyway. I find it very funny that after so many people were like, welcome to the real Gundam after season one finale, that this episode just went right back to being high school shenanigans. <laughs> yep. Mecha Mean Girls. Yep. A hundred percent. Some people have called it aggressive, but I think the lingering effects of the finale are clear to see in the Earth House attitudes about the terrorist attack and more importantly, in the Benerit group's reaction to it. However, I will acknowledge that the series does have the common issue of uh, the common issue a lot of sci-fi slash fantasy anime set in high school where a bunch of people, a bunch of teenagers are playing bizarrely important roles in their society. Earth House running a multi-billion dollar company was one thing. Now Lauda is the chairman of another. Clearly this is even more of a capitalist oligarchy than we thought if the CEO's son inherits the position rather than a qualified adult. Yeah. But perhaps more ridiculous of all, is the fact that Shattuck and his mean girl posse are currently the closest thing the show has to a main to main antagonists. It's probably not going to last that way, but the fact that we're here at all is ridiculous. Also funny is the fact that every single new mobile suit seen in the trailer gets dispatched in the first five minutes of episode one. I'm quite glad since I thought half of them looked too goofy, but I really liked the first one. The wobbly... The wobbly machine gun shooting arms remind me of a Xeon aqu uh, aquatic mobile suit. I also thought the four-armed one was cool as well, though you can clearly hear the two pilot hear two pilots, which wait. Though you can clearly hear two pilots, which makes me wonder how the engagement would have worked if they'd won. On that note, I think it'd be sweet if Ariel's final form, assuming she gets a third, has Mia Arena serving as co-pilot controlling some kind of new function or just sharing the permit load Pacific Rim style. Could the secret could the secret to relieving the Gundam's curse be or relieving the Gundam's curse be love? I think that's a fun one. <laughs> that's I think stupid. Connecting... It's clearly friendship. <laughs> <laughs> I I think it's I think it's a fun idea having them both pilot Ariel in some way. Uh yeah, don't know if it'll ha ever happen, but we because we know Mirina's just bad at fighting um yeah we'll see okay oh boy this is actually a good good stuff to point out because i was too lazy for this oh boy there's a lot to analyze in the new opening and ending sequences bob bob's looking appropriately depressed as he appears to be on earth we may very well get some get what some people were practice predicting last season where he got captured by donna full fold and despite them getting his father killed he eventually starts siding with them it would be some poetic irony for the snobby entitled fiance of episode one to become a hero of the working class. Someone also noted that in the shot in the opening where Saleta is running, you can see her clearly trip before an instant time skip makes it seem like it never happens, possibly alluding to her not acknowledging her mistakes 
more on the future, like her cheery attitude after the slap. But most interesting in, 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 is the new material for theories of what's going on with Saleta and Ariel. If you're a man of taste like me, you'll have watched the new ED multiple times by now, where a dancing Saleta splits into five and then into nine, which can, of course, be linked to the airy ghosts that Elon number four saw in Ariel's gun bits. And the theory that Saleta is the latest of multiple airy clones absorbed into Ariel. We also see a middle-aged airy ghost in the opening, or a middle school-aged airy ghost in the opening. But another interesting theory I saw posted by Reddit user INTI729 is that a part of Saleta's mind fractures off whenever she pushes the limit of her permit of her permit connection. Those airy ghosts are split-offs of her mind and her childlike nature is from constantly losing a chunk of her memories and personality in the process. This, however, doesn't mean this does, however, mean that Saleta isn't 17, but a very dumb 25-year-old. And while that might explain why she's exceptionally tall and strong compared to her classmates, I don't think that would go unnoticed. It would also make her engagement to a 16-year-old a wee bit inappropriate. <laughs> I'm looking forward to finally having answers for this because. I'm just listening to all that. I'm like, I'm so tired. I'm so <laughs> yeah, this is exhausting. I'm like, exhausted this... listening to this thing. Who's a clone? Who's not a clone? Who's Char? Who's the Char clone? Is it everyone? Is the answer love? Is love the Char clone? I don't know anymore. Just tell me, please. And with the Ariel thing, I'm like, can we just get some validation? I like episode two. I just want Prospera to be like, oh, Ariel assumed the personality of different parts of Ariel were added to the Gundam over time when Saleta was this age. So those pieces assumed kind of a personality of her or something. Just give me a clear roadmap to being done with yep. the, the clone shit. I'm so sick of the clone shit. <laughs> <laughs> how, how long into this season do you think they'll actually give us the answer? They, like episode like gonna be... 14 like so deep in the yeah. show <laughs> and that'll be this last season was what 12 episodes or yeah 11 in a prologue whatever you want to call it and i think at least from what i understand this will be the last season it was just going to be two and done yeah so they've mm. got to lay all the cards on the table and frankly it will at this point be kind of hilarious if it's just exactly what it looked like in it's just a kid and a robot and like there was no <laughs> mental snapshots and no clones. It's just a lady is mad because you killed her husband. It's just exactly what you think it is. Yeah. It will kind of be hilarious. Oh, man. War bad. And the robot is just <laughs> a robot. Oh, wait. You're telling me this whole time while I was thinking about clones. Both sides are bad. Oh, <laughs> Did someone throw up all their clones in the trash can? <laughs> all right. Well, <clears throat> let's wrap this thing up. Final note on the episode is that I love Petra and Felsi, uh, Gul's old henchwoman, and I'm so happy to see them back. My greatest criticism of this show is that they don't play the bulk and skull theme from Power Rangers every time they show up. Have a good day, and may your four shields be 4,000 guns, just like the number of words I've made Maxim read. Go fuck yourself, Fergal. Okay. Addendum. A separate email. Addendum. Addendum. Wow. Also, that 
That <laughs> dance spin between the girls and the ED is the most romantic thing ever created by human hands. Sorry, addendums aren't going to become a regular thing. I've just watched that section like 30 times. It's so sweet. It was Thank really you for sweet. writing in, Fergal. Uh, listen, you're great. We love your listenership. We love your contributions to the listener mail section of this episode. I can't read that much out loud. That's too much. <laughs> <laughs> Although Give me clearly a little summary. Pay- we are on the company dime now since you're paying us, though. So yeah. maybe we don't have a choice. Um, yeah, yeah, guys. You- I really got the feeling in that in that ending that Suleta is so much taller than Miarine. Oh, yeah. And with her hair down, I was like, has there been a time jump? She looks older, but I think she's just un- undone. I think she's just got her hair down. And she she's just, just big is, as shit, dog. She's just big, big <laughs> hair down, getting the drift. Hell yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, listener mail, guys. Uh, watchformercury at gmail.com. Get at us on Patreon, patreon.com slash watchformercury. Thank you so much for listening. We got a lot more fun this season coming up with uh, Witch from Mercury, obviously. Uh, Alex, where can people find you? Uh, people can find me at Afosella, A-F-O-S-S-E-L-L-A on Twitter and at Alex Fasella on Instagram and TikTok. We also, just to entice you more to the Patreon, our current things up there right now are a discussion of the Witch for Mercury dub pilot. Uh, a, um, I always get this wrong. Gundam December Thunderbolt Sky. Say it. Mobile Suit Gundam uh, Thunderbolt December Sky. Yes, that one that basically is just what if Gundam but jazz and angry, and yeah. uh, we had and we did Mobile Suit Gundam Wing Endless Waltz with uh, Josh and Derek from the People vs Gundam Wing podcast that I'm a huge fan of. So, and also they say subscribe yeah. to the Patreon. So hi guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so subscribe to the Patreon. Uh, did you do your plugs? Did you say where people yes, can find you? Okay, yep. awesome. Guys, you can find me on Instagram at Asparagus. It's like asparagus with guts at the end. Give me a follow. All of my links are in my bio for my other projects. Really appreciate you listening. You guys are awesome. And we will talk to you all next week. We'll see you next time. May your shield be a thousand guns. And it feels so good to say that again. <laughs> <laughs>